Stories from a Hard Place is an anthology podcast. Every Thursday, R.A. Jacobson presents another story from a hard place, read by the author. Stories of loneliness and betrayal, of false hope and shattered dreams, of gifts and regrets, of love and accidental kindness. Each story follows a separate path that leads to the realization that sometimes the only solution is a lead pill. Listener discretion is advised. Contains strong language, violence, and some adult situations. Episode 27, The Refusal. This is part one of a three-part telling. Teen's death deemed odd. The headline in the newspaper was short. It went on to describe the accident. Terry Sue Anderson was struck and killed by a northbound motorist in the early morning of March 22nd at the crossroads of 89 and 78. Constable M. Miller, in a press conference held early this morning, said, It appears Miss Anderson had been performing some sort of ritual. He did not elaborate on the accident, saying there was an ongoing investigation. Memorial services will be held at Franklin's funeral home on Thursday. Seven days later, under a moonless sky, Terry crawled from the grass and weeds on the side of the road just beside the stop sign on 78. She was naked, cold and bruised. She was also bewildered and alive. She looked around, her clothes were gone. As she stood in the middle of the crossroads, she could not remember what had happened or how she'd ended up in the ditch. Terry had been preparing for the night for weeks, This had been something she had thought about and wanted to do for over a year. The idea had come from a book she had found by accident. The book had a spell that would bring the power of Gaia, if she read it correctly. She had researched further, reading everything she could find in the school library, which wasn't much. Her mom had been happy to see her spending so much time reading, and not just horror books she usually favored. She wouldn't have been happy had she known what Terry was planning even though her favorite show was Bewitched. Over the last year, Terry had started to pull away from her mom and from many of her friends. She wanted to hide. She knew she was considered weird by most of the popular girls with their teased-up hair and pastel angora sweaters. She had dark hair that she left long and dressed in an oversized sweater she stole from her dad. They called her a beatnik with a massive sneer. She wasn't sure why they'd call her that, She wasn't into poetry or coffee. Maybe there were other definitions to it. She wanted to be on her own, to be allowed to live the life as she wanted it, not shoved into a role that everyone expected of her. Secretary, nurse, or mother seemed to be the only ones her father thought she would be suitable for. That was not her. She wanted much more. She hated the assumptions, hated the expectations that she was just a girl that would become a woman who would fulfill her role given to her. The book described power from the earth that would give her strength that she felt she needed, a power she could use to remove herself from the world. If she was honest with herself, she had everything prepared for the enchantment for almost two weeks. She had done all the research she could. She had read and reread the passages she needed. She had to admit she was afraid. She told herself it was all going to be good, that one night would give her all she wanted, but doubt crept in. What if it didn't work, and she would have to return to the world she hated without a single hope? 
In spite of her terror, she had ridden her bike to the crossroads. She carried very little, just what she needed. She moved quickly, not wanting to have a moment to think, to doubt, and stop. Looking up and down the road, making sure no one was going to see her nakedness, she took off her clothes and folded them neatly at the side of the road. She kneeled down in front of the open book. The pavement was cold, and it bit into her bare knees. She started, but stumbled almost right away. She knew she had to complete the entire incantation in one go. She had memorized it, but still, it had to be in front of her. It wasn't particularly long or complex, but she was nervous. She started again. She was nearly halfway through when there was an explosion of light. Then she could remember nothing. It just went black. She hugged herself against the night air chill as goosebumps raced across her body. The roar of the engine and the blast of light made her jump in fright. She stood pale in the headlights, trying to cover herself. Her eyes wide, the whites shining like a trapped animal. The car that stood mere feet from her roared once, roared once more before quieting. The night sounds, by comparison, were very quiet. The doors opened. Two tall silhouettes rose from the car and walked slowly toward her. She backed up a step. Oh, not to worry, Terry. Mr. June, please give Terry something to cover herself, said the driver. He was a tall, handsome man in a fine, dark suit with a sparkling smile. The passenger was even taller and very thin. He, too, was smiling, but it had a manic feel with no warmth. He wore a broad-brimmed black hat. He stepped forward, smiling, and slid off his suit jacket and reluctantly handed it to her. Tentatively, she stretched out a hand and grabbed the jacket and turned her back. She pulled it on. It felt cold and slightly scratchy against her skin. So, Terry, how are you feeling this fine evening? I... I... Who are you? Terry asked. She clutched the jacket closed with her hands tight to her neck. Oh, I'm sorry. I assumed you knew since you called. Around here they call me the judge. The judge? You're not the judge, she said. Am I not? No, you're not him. You are not, she paused. You can't be. The judge smiled. Not what you were expecting. She looked at him, her head slightly down. No. What were you hoping for, he said, smiling. His teeth glinted. Well, not you she said. He laughed and looked at Mr. June, who looked back and smiled. The judge scowled. He turned back to Terry and smiled. Well, I assure you, I am he. Terry looked at him. She looked at him askew. Come on, Terry. What can I do you for? I want the power. She stepped forward, her head high and thrust forward, an image of a woman of power. The power, he smiled. Well, of course you do. His smile suddenly vanished, leaving a cruel, hard face. He examined her closely. His eyes went glossy and black like the eyes of a shark. He leaned forward, looking down on her. She stood her ground for as long as she could, then she faltered and stepped back. He straightened, and the whites of his eyes returned with a white-toothed smile. Well, that's impressive. Most of you wilt far quicker. You will be powerful. You will serve me very well. Serve you? Yes, of course. Where do you think the power comes from? From the earth, from Gaia, the mother goddess, she cried. Her voice rose as tears rolled down her cheeks. 
Suddenly she was a girl again. The goddess. Her voice was small and quiet. His smile grew. Now it had real pleasure. It was a most terrible smile. This is so sweet, he glanced at Mr. June briefly, scowled then back to Terry. He watched her, his terrible smile never leaving his face. She looked down, beaten. So sweet, he said. Okay, Mr. June, is the paperwork in order? Yes, sir, all in order, Mr. June smiled. I dismiss you, the judge said. Mr. June's smile faded slightly. He disintegrated, crumpling into a cloud of dying black flies. The coat, wrapped around Terry, broke apart into a shining mass of flies sluicing off her body. She screamed, jumping back, her hands flapping in disgust. She stopped, her body jerked, then stiffened. She stood upright, head back, mouth open, her eyes all white, her arms spread wide. She was thrown violently to the ground. She landed hard, with a bone-deep thud. Her body was twisted and rotated on its back, scraping against the pavement until each of her limbs pointed down one of the roads that made the crossroads. She lay there, spread-eagled. The judge watched her. He watched the power enter her. The power smashed into her through her mouth, her nose, her ears, through every orifice. It exploded out her eyes and her fingertips. It swirled around, lashing at her naked, pale body. Her body jerked, it spasmed, thrashing around under the onslaught. Her eyes burned, flared bright, darkened like cooling molten metal till they were completely black. Smiling, the judge turned and climbed back into his shiny black car and drove off into the dark. Terry lay on the cold pavement, staring at the stars that reflected in her shiny black eyes. A slight coloring to the east was just showing when Terry stood. She moved in small, bird-like motions, seemingly confused and unfamiliar with her body, a foreign machine never manipulated before. In a way, that was true. She now shared her physical presence with a creature, newly born, not quite an entity on its own, not aware of itself, a bundle of instinct and power, immense power. It wrapped itself around the being that was Terry. It intertwined itself, knitting itself into her until the separation blurred, until the boundaries that defined Terry shifted, and she became more. She became a power. She stood, looked around, and started to walk. The sun was barely peeking over the horizon. Her naked form stood out starkly white against the shifting yellows and oranges of the imminent sunrise. A patrol car's headlights lit her up. Its cherry top came on, washing her skin in a pulsing scarlet. The young cop stepped out of his car, talking rapidly on his mic. He tossed the mic down in the seat and started towards the girl. She had not noticed him. Miss, can I help you? Are you okay? His voice was shaky and uncertain. His Adam's apple bounced. He stepped in front of her. She stopped walking, stood, arms at her side, looking through him. Miss, he said. Her black marble eyes refocused and saw him. She reached forward with her left hand, raising it slowly toward his cheek. He watched her, watched her hand, unsure what to do. His training did not include this sort of situation. Her left index finger came up and touched him. A spark, like static electricity, arced from his cheek. Another, this time larger and more violent, flashed bluish-white. It lit up his face. He pulled back, startled. She grasped his shoulder with her right hand, 
and a hunger desperation giving her strength, she pressed her left palm against his cheek. Sparks swirled around them, fine lines of blue flared in blinding white just as the sun crested the horizon. The flash faded, replaced by the golden light of morning sun. The cobalt shadows that fingered across the road striped a bizarre scene. Two bodies lay at opposite sides of the road as if blown apart by an explosion. A young cop lay with his arm and face partially in the grass and weeds. The woman, on her back, pale as porcelain, floated six inches above the pavement. Around her head, her hair drifted languidly, as if underwater. Her eyes were open. The black glossiness slowly faded till they were white. As her eyes began to close, the white faded to reveal the pretty brown eyes that belonged to Terry Sue Anderson. When the second patrol car arrived, Terry was laying on the pavement, breathing shallowly. However, the young cop at the side of the road was not. An ambulance was called, and with the ambulance came more cops, followed soon by the chief. He had come to see just what the fuck was going on, as he said. The stripper road was soon filled with cars, reflectors, and cones, reducing it to a single lane. The chief strode up to the scene, in command, determined to find answers. He had lost a young officer, and that was unacceptable. He looked into the ambulance at the prone girl. Well, is she fucking dead or is she alive? He called out to anyone who might be able to give him an answer. Everyone scurried about, trying to look like they knew what they were doing, because no one knew really what was going on. Terry was lying in the ambulance, ready to be rushed to the hospital just as soon as the chief said it was okay. After a lot of head-scratching, Terry was taken to the hospital. The young officer was taken to the morgue. The heading in the news was somewhat confused, even shorter than before. Terry Sue Anderson's death even odder. She's not dead. To say the investigation was confused would be an understatement. There were so many questions and no answers. When the detective assigned to the challenging task went to the morgue to see Terry's body, he found the shiny cold metal drawer empty. The morgue tech had no idea how. He had put her in it. He remembered. He had the paperwork. They had been overloaded, so they hadn't had a chance to get to her scheduled autopsy. It had been pushed to Monday, but she was found alive, making the autopsy somewhat unnecessary. The detective was trying, but without a dead body, he wasn't investigating a death. He was investigating what? As far as he was concerned, it was just a mistake. Just a fuck-up in paperwork. When he filed his report, it was thin and he knew it. It was accepted without comment. Everyone was embarrassed that somehow a young girl was listed as dead, then suddenly alive. The police called Terry's parents for the second time in a week. The first call had destroyed their world. The second turned it upside down. It was her father, Jack, who picked up the phone. He listened, not sure what the officer was saying. He looked to his wife, Alice, confused. She couldn't understand the look on her husband's face. She rose and took the phone from his hand, listened to the officer explain that Terry had been found alive. Alice didn't know what to say. The officer repeated his message when he got no response. After a minute, he told them she was in the hospital and they should come down and see her. Somehow that got through. They left immediately, still unsure what they would find when they got to the hospital. 
I hope you've enjoyed The Refusal Part 1. Tune in next week for The Refusal Part 2. Music by Noah Zachran. Production copyright by R.A. Jacobson 2021. If you would like to support Stories from a Hard Place, please go to patreon.com forward slash hard place. If you'd like a book version, either ebook or print, you can find it on Amazon. You can find links to all these and much more at Dead Cat Studio. That's deadcatstud.io. Thanks for listening. Keep the shiny side up.